Chelsea, I may in fact, for real this time, have something that is not depressing to actually <gasps> talk about. Yes. I might have deceived you a little bit, but to be fair, Utah drying up and killing everybody in Utah is less depressing than tires killing everybody on the planet. So technically it was correct. Technically it was correct. Yes, I, I will take that as a statement. Yes. Thank you for taking my statement as a statement. You're welcome. <laughs> That's what I'm <laughs> <for>. <laughs> Judging what statements are better than the others. Okay. Did you know, I don't know if you followed this at all. It's something that's just kind of coming around that we've been waiting a couple years for. So Japan launched a satellite at an asteroid in 2020. Oh, didn't Basically, that. they wanted to get a sample and kind of see what they were made of. And this was right around the time all of the rich people were talking about, oh yeah, we're going to rope in an asteroid, duck off its sweet, sweet resources, like a puppy from a mother platinum's teat or something along those lines. I don't understand dog anatomy. So I assume they have some sort of platinum teat. But much like that, we were going to see quadrillions and quadrillions of monies generated from these asteroids. So Japan sent this out just to see what this asteroid was made out of. So this satellite has just come back and it found something very interesting on board this asteroid. What was it? I don't know this website, but it's very interesting. It's N-I-K-K-E-I. -K -K -E -I. I believe that's Nikkei, asia.nikkei.com. This was posted on June 6th of 2022 and key substances for life found in Japan probes asteroid samples. So more than 20 types of amino acids have been detected in samples from Japan's Hayabusa to space probe brought to Earth from an asteroid in late 2020, an official said Monday. The acids discovered are very important substances for living things and could hold clues to understanding the origins of life, the education ministry official said. In December of 2020, a capsule that had been carried on a six-year mission by Hayabusa 2 delivered more than 5.4 grams of surface material to Earth from the Ryugu asteroid, located over 300 million kilometers away. 5.4 grams might not seem like a lot, but that's the first asteroid material we have ever seen on Earth. The probe of Ryugu is aimed at unraveling the mysteries of the origin of the solar system and life. Previous analyses of the samples had suggested the presence of water and organic matter. The full-fledged investigation of the sample was launched in 2021 by the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency and research institution nationwide, including the University of Tokyo and Hiroshima University. Amino acids are substances that make proteins and are indispensable for life. Although it was not known how many amino acids arrived on ancient Earth, one theory says they were brought by meteorites with amino acids being detected in a meteorite found on Earth. But there is also a possibility that they were attached on the ground. Hayabusa 2 delivered the subsurface material to Earth without them being exposed to outside air after collecting the sample that had not been weathered by sunlight or cosmic ray. The discovery of amino acids showed for the first time that they exist on an asteroid in space. Why this is a big deal? For a long time, it's been theorized that how life erupts on planets is from them getting getting pelted by amino acid bearing asteroids. So when they hit, all the energy and all the other mixture on that planet can mm. create DNA and that's where the life comes from. Interesting. And if that is true, then that means basically any rocky planet in a Goldilocks zone around a star likely really get life. contains life. And it doesn't matter how complex, it would just contain life because everything gets pelted with asteroids. Like there's, you wouldn't see a solar system that wouldn't have that. So, so that would be 
say life is a lot more abundant than we once thought. Wow. Uh, why isn't this everywhere? I don't know. Maybe it's because Japan did it. Wow. That's so crazy. Amino acids. Mm -hmm. Huh. And they would just be, are they theorizing that they're just plentiful in? Yeah. Astral? Yeah. It's basically, you know, like how they said, like with Oumuamua, like the fact that we saw it on the one time that it happened, it means it would be way more than expected out there. The fact that we've mined and looked at one asteroid and we found it. It's probably... Yeah abundant of course of course you wow. could say it was a small sample size or there was an error in the results because it is such a small sample size that came the two Earth. ways of looking at it yeah. yeah that is crazy i love that that's awesome that's so yeah. mind-blowing yeah so that I'm, has... I'm sure there'll be more coming out about that i wish i could find it somewhere else but i thought that was really interesting it's so interesting and that has humongous implications yeah for the universe at large well i shouldn't say that exactly. for our galaxy yeah. at large because we don't know what other galaxies are like. That would have kickstarted life on Earth. Yeah. For sure. Well, it could have, for sure. Yeah. And especially with like the big cosmic gumbo that was primordial Earth, getting hit by that, just kind of starting yeah. the process. I mean, that's all it would take. Or exactly. either that or it was Adam and Eve, or it was we were seeded at this point. Yeah. We only have really the two. Three. Three now. Technically, this one would be seeding because panspermia is the idea of seeding from the cosmos. Just mm. not quite intellectual seeding as you're okay. perceiving. I get what you're saying. I'm not thinking of seeding the same way, but yes. Yeah. And also, doesn't that make it seem like weirdly like human reproduction with a tiny little asteroid hitting the planet and then like creating life from that yes. all over the planet? Yeah. I'm surprised that that's not everywhere mm -hmm. in Japan. So I get why it's not because it's not like the United States figuring this out. So that's amazing. Yeah. And with that good news, let's talk about other stuff. Other goodish news, probably not good news at this point. Who knows? Anyways, let's cue music. Do 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 do. From the unexplained to the mundane, come join us on a journey to the fringe. Hello and welcome to Journey to the Fringe. The podcast asking the tough questions, like, why don't you guys want to know more about dinosaur ghosts? That was a good episode and nobody wants to know about them. Go listen to the episode. Like, there's only two people talking about dinosaur ghosts. That weird kid that you have to sit next to at Thanksgiving dinner who's like eight years old. His name might be Knox. I don't know. And us. We are talking about this at a high analysis level. Yeah. You ain't finding that anywhere. Episode. Please go listen. But anyways, we're your tough question asking podcast hosts, Taylor and Chelsea. And today we are going to be talking about a man that we talked about a little bit last week. And in fact, we have probably talked about him several weeks now in a row. And we will be talking about him for a few more weeks again. He <laughs> is a man by the name of David Wilcock. Now, if you haven't listened to the first two episodes in this story, to bring you briefly up to date, this guy predicted many things. Most of them don't happen. And I didn't even touch the surface on so many different things that he's already done at this point, but it made more sense to kind of save it until your point here. Yeah. Anyhow, he has stated he is Edgar Casey. It has been implied that he thinks he's Edgar Casey. He makes predictions mm -hmm. and we finished off with his book that he brought out, wherein he predicted that 2012 would bring a new age for humanity, where we are basically superhumans because because the galactic rays hit us in just the right way to make us gods that can control space and time. And that is where I ended my episode 
episode with a real cliffhanger. And yeah. that is where Chelsea will be picking up. I'm here to pick it up. And I don't know if we got into it in the last episode, but I just want to state, we talk about when the Edgar Casey. oh, what are they called? We talked about in the Edgar Casey episode, and I'm so far gone on that one. It's in the rearview mirror. The Edgar Casey Association. So much has happened. Well, yeah, whatever they're called. They brought David Wilcock in to assess him to see if he was Edgar Casey, and they're like, no, don't say that anymore. You're not Edgar Casey. They didn't go any further with that. So I just needed to get that off my chest, and I'm just going to jump right into my episode. We all know the general gist of David Wilcock by now. We've had two episodes. We don't want to spend so much time on David Wilcock, but that's just so... I mean, Chelsea, to be fair, we would spend every episode laughing our asses off at this man. We would. <laughs> if the listens were there. It is. And the lawsuits did not show up, which they may. We're hoping the lawsuits don't show up, and they probably will. I gladly would spend every episode laughing at this man. The guy has thousands of blog posts. We could just be the once a day David Wilcox blog really ass laugh off. I would actually love that. I don't know if you guys would love that. I mean, send us an email, journey to the fringe at gmail.com if you would love that. We would love that. This is what this podcast is founded on is our combined dismay of David Wilcock and laughing at him as a person. But we're stretching to fit all of the BS that is David Wilcock in. What has been stretched into four episodes at least from the original two we plan this to be, which is going going to be our longest running episode continuum yet. We made it. December 22nd, 2012. We're still here. Are you shocked? Because I am. If you can call it that. Yeah. Weird. Some people really made us think that it wasn't going to happen. And we're happy to be here with all of you. We've made it to Journey to the Fringe, established 2021. We wouldn't have made it if David Wilcock was in charge. It's December 22nd, 2012. Our cells are still perfectly intact and we have not metamorphosed or otherwise done anything except age accordingly. We are still the shitty people that went to bed on December 21st. We are. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. David had tunnel vision on 2012. He was selling his books, going on cruises, he was getting tans, and focusing all his energy into the impending doom of midnight December 21st, 2012. And with that being said, I actually wonder what he was doing on that very night. Bam! Nothing happens. Did he have to explain himself to anyone that nothing happened that night? Was he on a cruise ship? Was he like attending a party? Who knows? I don't know. Did he have any explaining to do to anyone that he was with? Anyway, life you went know, on. Yeah, if we were going to interview him, first off, I would have so many questions. But the first one oh, would yeah. be, where were you the night of December 21st? Yeah. 2012. He might have just been in bed sleeping in some hotel room. I feel like that would be his answer so that he didn't have to answer any questions of people being like okay so we're still here now what i was expecting to ascend does he address this literally anywhere absolutely fucking not and it's a capital f for fail for wilcock on this mixed prediction does this hold him back at all no because he's roped in enough people with his talk of otherworldly ascension self-righteousness enlightened bullshit that it doesn't even matter that he's already been working on his next book for the synchronicity key for a year now he does not address this failed prediction at all nowhere not once that i can find I we're not willing to buy his books to find yeah i wouldn't have expected him to 
but if he did, he may have wiped it completely off the internet from anywhere for anyone to find, but I completely expect that he has not. Everyone already thinks that he's so fucking enlightened that they turn a blind eye to this anyway. So 2012 was his big prediction. That's where we left off in our last episode. 2013, he releases a book called The Synchronicity Key, Hidden Intelligence Guiding the Universe, and You is released. Just to give you an idea of what the book is about, this is what it says on the... Okay, I, I just want to take a guess. Hmm. Does the word cabal come up on the back? Let's see. Let's just read through it. Yeah, let's read through it. I don't see it so far, but I don't know. It would be a good guess. That's a good guess to put forth. Okay, here's what it says on the back. Source Field Investigations was a New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestseller. Then covered hidden science and lost prophecies to Illuminati, an entirely new understanding of our world today. His new audiobook, Synchronicity Key, David Wilcock embarks on an astonishing investigation into what lies beyond this new understanding of how our universe works. Finding proof that everything in our lives is not only connected, but it also influences everything else. Using history, astrology, and synchronicity theory, as well as concepts such as fractals, spiritual geometry, quantum physics, and other new research, Wilcock shows that there is a hidden architecture within time, guiding individuals and nations through a system of enlightenment. Joseph Campbell called the hero's journey. Historical events occur in shockingly precise, repeating cycles of time as a result. Once we understand and identify the hidden laws governing the fates of individuals and nations through seemingly random synchronicity, we're left with a remarkable blueprint of how best to lead our lives in this uncertain and confusing world. That's what this book is about. His first book to come out after 2012. Okay, I was close. Illuminati was in there. Illuminati. I don't know how long he was using Cabal for, to be honest with you. It came up way more than I expected. It did. For an enlightenment thinker, like the word Cabal and financial Cabal was thrown out way more than I expected. It does. Everyone listening, you can probably use Illuminati and Cabal interchangeably. It basically means the same thing. It's just someone pulling the strings in the back. The big difference is generally the term Cabal has more more Jewish association. Really? So it's generally thought to be a more anti-Semitic term. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Interesting that you say that. This is as good a time as any to bring this up. He's pretty consistently giving interviews right now to anyone that will have him with also producing a large amount of content on his website himself. And the BS he spouts is about the same in every interview that I've ever seen with him. And it is this. He's the messenger chosen to talk about ascension when the world ends and you move on to a new plane, essentially. (laughs) He only practices good as it is only good who will ascend. Anyone who is evil will not be able to ascend and he's pretty much here to save the day to facilitate that and help. Oh yeah, yeah. And he can help you become the good for the low, low price of one cruise. Exactly. And seven days. Be able to help you ascend. Yeah. He has an IQ of 130. He has a band and basically just a lot of other buzzwords to make everyone think he has a lot of information such as Ascension, Insiders, Cabal, Illuminati. 
things like that are I, that are really gonna grab in the audience he's looking for. I actually find that hilarious because that whole idea of him being the Messiah, it's going to be included in an audio clip in the previous episode, but he specifically says in a bunch of his talks that the higher ups that he talks to would never claim one person to be the Messiah because they found that that gives them too big of an ego. You know, the funny so- <laughs> The funny thing is, I've been, like, basically, unfortunately, living and breathing David Wilcock for the last couple of weeks, somebody said. Yeah, our YouTube advertisements have died for your sins. Yeah, it has. Yeah, you're welcome. Not that I want to have this popping up on my feed so much. There is one guy. The amount of Gaia TV advertisements we get now are just ridiculous. (laughs) There is one YouTube video that I watched that said David Wilcock's ego is as big as his forehead. That's reasonable. <laughs> Which I thought... We're not saying it. That guy said it. Yeah, that guy said it. We're just repeating it. Exactly. Which I thought was... I had a little chuckle out of it. I didn't say it. Now, let's keep in mind that he is best known for his role in Ancient Aliens, probably. That's, I mean, Ancient Aliens is a show on, what was it, like the History Network or something like that? I watched Ancient Aliens. I mean, it was a little... It was the History... Ch- yeah, yeah, grabbing. it was History Channel. They were grasping at things sometimes, and... How many seasons... Did they get out of oh, that show? Lot. I just need to I check really quick. I think it's really still quick. going. Please check. It's a lot. I think it's still going. It's probably like fucking three well, seasons. Yeah, 2009 to present. I just it's need to know going. how many seasons. Oh my god. How? Are they at the modern day? Oh my gosh. How do they keep coming up with material? Okay, here's their Wikipedia. They are at season 18. Oh. Last aired March 18th. 2022. Yeah. Oh my god. They're still gosh. going. And they have all the maniacs on there. They had Sukaloos. Yeah. David Wilcock. They have all the maniacs on there. Just by the way, David Wilcock's name is not mentioned on the Ancient Aliens Wikipedia page. Really? At you all. You know what? That's funny because I tried to find a certain episode that he was on and I couldn't find it. So I didn't put it in this episode, which is interesting. He's pretty much wiped from everything that he can get his hands on on the internet. Now, Keep in mind, David Wilcock is best known for, oh, I already said this, for his role in Ancient Aliens, probably, which he would randomly come in and give insight on random things. I'm just going to say it in case I didn't get through that full sentence. Nobody knows what episodes, though. Oh, my God. Him on the internet is frustrating. I'm going to just go out on a limb and say it's 100% him taking himself off of the internet. Have you ever heard the Streisand effect? Yes, we've talked about it before. I don't know what episode is. I wish I could source it right here, but let's talk about it again. But yeah, the Streisand effect is where if somebody famous tries to remove themselves from the internet, it immediately makes whatever they're trying to remove notoriously famous. So it gets way more widely spread. But I just, is he just not famous enough? Yeah. Not famous enough. Okay, so I guess that's, there's a threshold to the Streisand effect. Interesting. There is. Oh, that's a good point. That's a very good scientific point we make. But this is another good point that I'm going to make here right after you bring up that point. His YouTube channel somehow has 488,000 subscribers. So just remember that when we go through everything here and how many people are actively subscribing to what he is speaking. I mean, to be fair, some of you, the listeners, may in fact just realize now that you are still subscribed to David Wilcox's yes. um, YouTube channel. In which case, hey, go check out what he's talking about now because man, man, has it changed. 
watched. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I may be subscribed and not even knowing it to David Wilcock because there was a time that I did find him interesting to listen to. This episode takes a really big turn from the first couple episodes as hilarious as they were. We had a good time recording those. So just like I said, in the last couple of episodes, there are some things that he talks about that I did believe in, which I do believe in, which is why I believed in his stuff at first. Yes, I was taken in, but it wasn't a belief. Believe in the laser shined through the frog <laughs> egg can get the salamander egg to turn into you a frog, what? right? I, I remember you that. saying that just not that long ago. You know what? It wasn't it that. It was an offhanded comment that I found was. odd. It w- probably was. So that's probably one of the first things that I remember him talking about, actually. It wasn't so much the belief in David Wilcock. It just basically takes a mashup of all the popular conspiracy theories out there and makes them his. Basically, right now, I'm looking at him as an actor. And to do your point, yes, I believe in UFOs. I believe in some of the things that are out there. I'm not going to get into them just because it's a personal belief and... It's not a part of this episode per se. And that will be later explored in different episodes because we should be open about our beliefs. Yes. Because then yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave the viewer to understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I not in And I think we are I think we are open when we, we talk are about very things. open. Obviously, from all the episodes we've done. I believe in UFOs. There's some things that he originally was spouting that I believed in, that there is someone pulling the strings behind the scenes and just general things like that. And yeah, I did believe in him at first, but then things started not coming true. Things that he was specifically stating were going to happen and things like that. And he had such a big ego. Obviously, I just he started talking about his band and things like that. And I just gradually was like, this guy's insane. I'm not going to listen to him anymore or anything. You know what? I... I think there was a distinct point. We were both watching David Wilcock. We both watched David Wilcock. I found them entertaining, but there was a certain point where we just laughed and talked about the part where he got to talking about his band, which came up in every freaking video. We did. And we realized at that point, the guy has such a big, huge ego. And I think at one point we were timing how long it took him to get to the band part. Yeah. It just kept getting closer to the beginning. Like the guy has such a big ego, such a big ego. Oh, yeah. I'll be the first to admit. Yeah, I listened to David Wilcock. I showed, t- I think I was first to show you David Wilcock, actually. Because of all the hype he stirred up with his 2012 bullshit, he not only released a new fucking book in 2012, but Gaia, an internet-based subscription TV platform for the Enlightened, signed him on. Just because that's was what this- was... Mm-hmm. Was this pre or post 2012? Post. Okay. This is after 2012. They weren't suckered in with like a deal pre 2012. Nope. Like these are guys that said like, was oh, after. oh, this guy can sell. This prediction did not come through, but he's still selling books. That's pretty much what happened. So they sign him on because I guess that's what was appealing at the time. And apparently everyone forgot that this was his livelihood and all his predictions didn't come true. April 13, 2013, the first episode of the Wisdom Teachings is released with 30 fucking seasons, spanning over five years. That's a season every two months. 
2014, he comes into contact with whistleblower Corey Good, and Wilcox says he doesn't even want to work with Corey because he's not that great anyway, and there were far better people out there giving better info. But then Corey gets outed as a whistleblower, and he needs to go public to quote unquote keep himself safe. Anyhow, they become quick friends when they realize that they spout the same bullshit. So basically, they're like, oh my god, this is so reassuring that you're saying the same whistleblower things that I'm saying. Let's be best friends. And they're like, yep. And it's at this point of his story, from what I know of Wilcock, my observations start to mutate a bit. Started with being a reincarnation of Edgar Casey and the law of one, blah, 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 into, okay, I just realized I said the law of one. Did you cover the law of one? I don't think I did, okay. no. I'll cover it right here. I was. Oh, sorry. Was that's something that he read. That's something that he something read. I didn't talk read. about yes. it specifically. I'm covering it here, which is fine. I got it covered just in case you didn't. So the law of one is based on a 1984 book, which claims to be the channeled words of a supposed divine being named Ra. Like many religious texts, it teaches that love and light are two essential forces which make up a fabric of the universe. LL Research, which is the organization that owns the text, maintained a relationship with Wilcock until about 2005, and that since then, only a handful of short emails have been exchanged. They explain that they provide the raw material to the public for free via their website. We're quick to point out that they are not associated with Wilcock or Good. LL Research provides this material for free to the public in their commitment to love and unity and does not wish to act as an authority in its interpretation, but as stewards of the material, we can neither endorse nor condone certain uses of the law of one, including the uses that energize conspiracist thinking, showcase and aggrandize the self over others, avoid personal accountability, create social harm, or generally promote separation and confusion in an already confused world. Austin Bridges, the assistant director of LL Research, wrote in an email to Motherboard, which is the article I got this quote from. Okay, I did bring up LL a couple times in that last episode, so I'm glad that was explained who they were. Fantastic. Because I think I specifically said I don't know who that is. Okay, well, we'll link it up in the show notes on this one. Yeah. I have a lot to link up in the show notes on these couple ones. Anyway, I got distracted from my original thought on there. So this is what Wilcock mutates into. He goes from claiming to be selected as a child to be the messenger to humanity by highly advanced good guy, alien beings who are engaged in a cosmic war with evil aliens spanning both space and time. Evil humans, whom he calls the Cabal, or Deep State, run a secret space program, he says, are actively engaged in a quiet war to stop him. He explains that his alliance of unnamed government insiders, secret whistleblowers, alien allies, and followers are waging war against corruption and evil. Ugh. Oh my god. Can't. So is that why 2012 couldn't happen? It must be. I mean, there's no official word on why 2012 couldn't happen. It yeah, is it's not white. stated, just implied. White. Like, there's <laughs> nothing. There's nothing. He doesn't even have a comment on why it didn't happen. It's ridiculous. To be fair, I do remember a lot of the guys around, like, mid-2012 changing their tone. I'm not saying this was David Wilcock. I can't mm. remember for sure. But a lot of them changed their tone around mid-2012 from saying, yep, yeah, this is it, the big day, to saying, well... 
it might be more of a metaphor oh, or yeah. an ongoing change over a yeah. long period. Which goes to speak against what you're taking in as information like this, right? It's fun yeah. to believe in. There's That's a how few you grift, things though. that are fun to believe yeah. in. And I'm not going to get into what's fun to believe in right now, which might be fun for future episodes. There's a few things that are I think are fun to believe in, but I do not believe in at all. Project Serpo for one. They oh, man, prob- that would be a do fun you think episode. So? Yeah. I think it's okay. a fun one to believe in do i believe in it no not at all but it, it's a fun it's a one. fun thought experiment Wilcock has publicly stated that his alien contact, who has at times resembled Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Wars, has been telling him all his life that he would become a very famous spiritual figure. What the fuck? He has also claimed that he has incredibly accurate prophetic visions. Honestly though, probably nothing of note. At this point, nothing has come true and he's not even said, whoops, sorry guys. 2014, Wilcock connects with his future BFF Corey Good. We'll learn about him. Don't worry, I'm going to come back to this. I'm going to circle back. July 21st, 2015, and another series is released on Gaia. Cosmic Disclosure, which is a series where he and Corey Good team up. And just so we know who Wilcock is teaming up with, let me just tell you a little about Corey Good at this point. And he's not like the good Corys, which are Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. We like those Corys. But but it's in the yeah. name. No, he's, he's good. not good. He's Corey not good. That must yeah. be the not his middle name is not so as much as this is not a Corey good episode he kind of sort of deserves his own episode except not much but i'm gonna give you a brief summary on Corey good right now it may or may not be as much as you need to know about Corey good i don't know that i want to give him his own episode to be honest with you he's not really worth it's enough to follow the story that's that's all all you're getting i don't even know that he's enough to get a full episode on to be completely honest with you just like david wilcock information on good is even more sparse so again you can't just wikipedia him however i can't say that the biography right off his website doesn't at the very least provide some comic relief just like david wilcock Corey good okay this is right off his website as i just said but i just have to make sure that you know that this is right off his website Corey good described as the insider's insider is a secret space program whistleblower and contactee, film producer, and content creator based on his over 20 years experience in unacknowledged special access programs including Project Solar Warden, a Navy secret space program that patrols our solar system and beyond. Beginning in 2014, Corey has experienced increased physical contact with ET and inner earth civilizations that prepare him to be a messenger of the importance of spiritual focus and inner work during earth's transition into higher density consciousness, which has already begun. Retaining many insider contacts, Corey was credited as the first to leak Defense Intelligence Agency in brackets DIA documents, verifying the Pentagon's UFO investigation unit disclosed in 2017 so this is pretty much all on his website plus a couple super weird pictures they're super weird pictures can you just google Corey good website right now is it just Corey good or Corey good website Corey good just google Corey good his website should come up it's again really hard to find oh no yeah coreygood.com found it oh wow Corey-good.com. that, that okay. intro yep. <laughs> so you like it? That's exactly what I just read to you. Yeah. 
As soon as you get there, they have what Chelsea has just read to us. They also have a photo of Corey Good with an intergalactic space background, but importantly, has been CGI'd to make it look like a painting. Yeah, it's very photoshopped. Okay, <laughs> then, go down. And then is that exact same picture of him, but with a different background called Surviving Ascension, Spiritual Warfare Relationship and Cutting Cords. Online courses Online by course. Corey, Good, Corey Good and Stacy yeah. Good. Um, interestingly- Maybe it's white. I, I think he stole the E from her name. Maybe. Could've. Corey shouldn't I have mean, an E could've. and Stacy's should. I think he stole her E. <laughs> oh, and then he's got a graphic okay. novel. <laughs> yeah. With that same look on his graphic face. Novel. Okay. He's then got then some you go yoga. Ascension work. Oh, and then he's got an Ascension yeah. Summit. Oh, and then he's yeah. got. Okay. Now look at the next one. Look. Okay. Look at. <laughs> it's, it's like. Right. Right. Look at what is that blue thing with him being in like the womb? Is he a baby? Personally, I would like to think of it as a thought bubble. <laughs> and that's just like his ideal beingness. I feel like it's him being a baby. Yeah. No, it... and then there's like a little torpedo and he has super greasy hair in like himself and actually himself, He has changed his like pose so that he's not looking up to the sky, but right at you, but not quite at you, but beside you. Well, e equally is Photoshop, but yeah. like super greasy hair, different. Pose. Oh God, that is, you know what? That is slicked back hair that you go for sloppy steaks with. Yeah. Oh, sloppy steaks for sure. Oh, and then you. Oh, and then just so many videos. YouTube. And then Sphere being a lion's channel at the very bottom. And it's copyrighted as of 2022. He's still going strong, apparently. Yeah. Oh, wow. And in, in one episode, he did an interview in the car. And I'm very curious if he's the one interviewing or being interviewed. I wouldn't imagine him interviewing anybody, to be honest okay. with you. I'm glad that we took a look at that website together because it's pretty good. So this is pretty much all... Wait, he has another website. website. If you click on contact, it takes you to his other website, which is the sphereBeingAlliance.com. And the banner picture is the bubble boy. What? Hold on. I just clicked on contact and it doesn't take me. Oh, there. really? SphereBeingAlliance.com. Calm. Whoa, what is that alien? Blue avians. Okay, I talk about them. What the fuck? This is crazy. Oh, Lord. Oh, there he is with David Wilcock. Holy fuck. Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll talk about this. Don't worry. That intro to Corey Good is basically what appears on his website, plus a couple of super weird pictures, and then you're taking to He only really does fearbeingalliance.com. He, he has two poses, one where he's looking above you and one where he's looking just beside you. Yeah, and they're super photoshopped. To elaborate on his own website, Good claims that he is a time-traveling empath and a government insider with the secret space program who has been age-regressed due to his decades-long work with various alien species as a champion and warrior representing Earth is in contact, he says, with alien species known as the Blue Avians and worked in a support role for a rotating Earth delegate seat shared by secret Earth government groups in a human Earth ET Super Federation Council. You get where I'm getting at here. He's basically another David Wilcock, if you didn't get that. However, a little bit fancier as he was actually recruited through one of the secret space programs at six years old between the years of 1976 and 1987. Wow, it sounds like he put in the work instead of just being born into it. 
He did. He did. He also claims he's a member of the Blue Avian Soul Group brought to Earth to help with planetary ascension. As we remember, this episode isn't about Corey Good. We're back to David Wilcock, 2016. The Ascension Mysteries, revealing the cosmic battle between good and evil is released. Sorry, can you specify how good is spelt in that sentence? It's regular good, not Corey okay. Good. Corey Good, by the way, is spelled with an okay. E. It's fancy. It's a fancy good. Good. No, I'm by not going to say just... it like that because that reminds me of Gouda. And Gouda cheese is amazing. I love Just cheese. one more thing I do have to bring up is on sphereBeingAlliance.com, right beside Corey Good, who he can't make eye contact with, mm -hmm. is a blue avian. No. Which I, I think the closest thing I could say it resembles is what Sonic the Hedgehog originally Fuck. looked like before they changed the CGI up, but a little worse. <laughs> I could go with that. He also, I still can't get over this fucking whatever he is in a bubble, like with his arms <laughs> up looking like yeah. a fucking like infant in yeah. the womb. Like that is just next level shit. I don't even know what to think. Oh, about and you can that. take one of his courses for $1.99. You sure can. You sure can. We're going to get into the courses and he falls into this as well by just being associated to David Wilcock. David Wilcock's book is released. Around the same time, David meets his wife sometime around here and eventually they get married October 14, 2017. And here is the story of how they came together directly as David Wilcox says. Quote, David, before Elizabeth and I got together, my colleague Corey Good had been having some very interesting ET contacts. That's another long story. But suffice it to say that Corey appears to be having in-person contact with multiple different ET groups mostly benevolent. One of the groups that he claims to be in contact with consists of human-looking people who apparently live in giant caverns inside the earth, who call themselves the Anshar. Before Elizabeth had shown up in my life, Corey had gotten a very specific message from his Anshar priestess named Carrie. She told him that two people were being steered into my life by the Anshar themselves and that they were going to have a very positive spiritual influence on me. I was actively looking for who these two people would be. The first one who came in ended up being the minister at my wedding, Leon Kennedy. He is a legendary Motown DJ, a Hollywood star who appeared in Chuck Norris films, and a spiritual friend to many of the top celebrities, including Muhammad Ali, Michael Jackson, and Sammy Davis Jr. Elizabeth ended up being the second person I was told to anticipate. Carrie Marie's primary description of herself was as a priestess. Once Elizabeth and I got together, I realized that she was about to launch a program called the Priestess Path. That was very, very bizarre. End quotations, David Wilcock. So he's making very random connections in his coincidences, obviously. None of those even made fucking sense as a coincidence. And he was just plugging connections this one guy that married them had to all these Motown people. How he was like new famous people. 2018 hits and I'm guessing they figure that shit needs to be stirred because of what is about to happen. Oh my god, this is where it just takes a fucking 180 turn from what I've been talking about. From what both of us have been talking about. And I think from what both of us ever expected. I didn't expect this, honestly, of David Wilcock. Wilcock's boyfriend, Corey, leaves Gaia and sues Gaia, alleging that the company engaged in an elaborate conspiracy against him. 
Gaia countersues good for defamation and concocting various schemes to sabotage the company. Now, I wasn't going to actually cover this to the extent that I am going to now because this is actually fucking hilarious and you just need the whole story. So this all seems weird enough. Just in what I said. But it seriously gets better, guys. Just believe me. Go on this journey with me. I'm going to tell you. It gets weirder. This is from an article from thedailybeast.com. Much of the lawsuit centers on who has the right to talk about a bird-like species of aliens called the Blue Avians, as well as a covert space agency that are, in goods telling, both supposed to be real things. Good also filed for trademarks on some of the key phrases like secret space program, 20 and back, and blue avians. An odd move if they actually do exist and aren't his own creation, right? Is he filing for trademarks on those terms? The relationship between Good and Gaia turns sour over what Good describes in his lawsuit as abuse from a top Gaia employee. He claims threaten him with a gun? <laughs> with a gun. <laughs> and pressured him to make 26 episodes of his show in a single week. <laughs> I can't even with that. With a gun. Okay, now Gaga you're doing the next episode. What? Oh, I don't man. even know what the fuck just happened there. With a gun. Like, what did like did his hand physically was it unable to hold the gun anymore because it was like 26 straight episodes you had to have what Is, i don't even fucking know but to be fair that sounds exactly like the exact necessary materials to come up with the idea of blue avian aliens that look like yeah. sonic the hedgehog yeah. like to the, the fear of working for hours on end in front of a camera at gunpoint with needing new material. <laughs> Fuck it. Sonic looking blue avian guys. <laughs> They're my right? soul. And not only is he working in front of a camera at gunpoint for 26 episodes, he's also trying to trademark blue avian aliens at this point. I can't even wrap my head around what the fuck is happening did at he, this point. Did he mistaken the camera for a gun? Like, that's the only thing I can think. There has to have been a mistake. Okay, there's so many things to unpack in that statement. 26 episodes, someone threatening him with a gun. At Gaia. Not quite business practice I expected no. out of a new it's age a friendly TV funny channel. The thing is they are producing a lot of content and like literally no one else has come out saying that they were threatened at gunpoint. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure other people have left by Literally. now. No one else, like no one else quit. No one else made any accusations of having to do shows at gunpoint, especially 26 episodes. One episode would be enough to come out if you're having to record one at Sorry, gunpoint. But I have to, I have to Google this. Gaia gunpoint. Wait, no, I had that Gaia TV because apparently Gaia is a very famous. No. Nothing. Mostly because something else Gaia video game related is coming up. Well, I don't expect this one to actually come up because I believe that he has the same thing that we're going to talk about. Wiping things off the internet that David Wilcock does. They must have the same lawyers. Gaia counters that Good was getting anxious because he was running out of things to talk about, as you just hilariously enough said. That's where he Gaia got the inspiration. <laughs> yeah. 
Gaia's lawyers claim that after quitting, Good owes the company $25,000 for an advance to appear at the conference as well as relocation payment. After Good quits, he gets replaced almost immediately. Obviously, people are generally replaceable. The new guy comes in and he claims that he too was an empath also on missions for the secret space program to meet blue avians. You can't make this shit up. Good sends a letter to Gaia via his lawyer to say stop using his trademark terms like blue avian and that the new guy is doing such a bad job describing the aliens with a lackluster <laughs> counterfeit of Mr. Good's story. He goes on to say Mr. Rice's testimony, that's the guy who replaced him is lacking drastically the quality and authenticity of Mr. Good's testimony. I alleges that Good's attempt to get back at the company with a series of defamatory allegations claiming he posed as a group of disgruntled former Gaia employees to attack the company. They also allege that Good was involved in a scheme to accuse Gaia's top brass as practicing Luciferianism. Naturally, <laughs> if you get where this is going, because this is not an episode about Corey good. <laughs> Wilcock follows suit a few months later because he felt left out. Wilcock penned a resignation letter that was quickly distributed through the UFO community. Ought to be distributed by Good himself. The distribution, not the letter writing. According to Wilcock, his letter states that Gaia TV was an abusive work environment and unfairly compensated its employees and deceptively edits its programs to promote what Wilcock describes as Luciferian beliefs. <laughs> This is already starting to cause me significant career damage and it will get far worse if I don't do something about it fast. Yeah, David. Wilcock is said to have written. Of course, David. Guy is the problem with your career. <laughs> yes. I have willfully ignored an enormous number of offensive, disrespectful, and abusive situations in order to do this job the last six years, primarily out of sense of financial dependency. End quote. He attributed this to having suffered physical abuse at the hands of his former girlfriend, which I have no information on. I don't think you ever talked about that as is well. Is that Elizabeth it or is that the be, previous one? It's not Elizabeth. I don't believe so by saying former girlfriend. He's married to Elizabeth at this time and we don't know if the former girlfriend maybe works for Gaia and is holding a gun to his head <laughs> while he records his episodes. Did she force point. him to renovate a basement by chance? We don't know. We don't know. There's no actual info other than just the Well yeah, no because it, it was something negative about his life, so he has stripped it if it was ever there from the internet. And even if he did say it at one point, he's completely stripped it off of the internet at this point. It also comes at the same time that Wilcock has launched the new Divine Cosmos Productions line of streaming media, which would be in direct competition with Gaia. Just saying. That's just probably saying. just a coincidence. Probably just a coincidence at this point. Have they nailed down their ability to use blue avian aliens as a mascot? They cannot because that is strictly trade. I don't know. I he trade he says he's trying the trademark it. I don't know if he actually trademarked it. It might be specifically in which we can't even be talking about it right now because it's the thing of Corey Good. No, we can talk about Oreos. Yeah. Okay. We can't come up with stories about Oreos. Right, 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 right. Okay, so there's that. Please don't, again, we are not legal advice. 
just so we as always yeah. on journey to the fringe the company also attempted to upload okay this is david wilcox speaking at this point quotations the company also attempted to upload a video to my youtube channel that aggressively promotes luciferianism namely season one episode one of ancient civilizations even while gaia <laughs> supposedly has a policy of no religion at least for my fellow colleagues and me i was tricked into participating in a very religious program that i do not want to have any affiliation with this show is literally saying that god is evil and lucifer is god who Ahem. Also happens to be a reptilian alien. Seriously? How would this look if it all got dragged into the public eye, especially in the light of the overwhelming online movement called Pizzagate? No way! No way! Millions of people are now working to identify Luciferian elements in our society and they are murderously angry about it. The potential damage to my career, reputation, and physical safety from the existence of ancient civilizations on Gaia Network is massive as I have been very outspoken in the public eye against Luciferianism and will continue to do so. Wilcock claimed the connections to Luciferianism meant he could be targeted by Pizzagate conspiracy theorists. How would this look if all got if it all got dragged into the public eye, especially in light of the overwhelming online movement called Pizzagate? He wrote. Sorry, this is Chelsea. I just need a break. This is still the the breakup yeah. letter, right? With Gaia TV. Yeah, this is his this letter. Really took a change. Yeah. Right? It takes and, a huge change. And I happened to look at his Twitter, and he has a very strange edited photo of Hillary Clinton on it. Really? Which made me say, huh, I really need to Google David Wilcock and QAnon. And there there were some hits. Oh, he does have a really... It's the first... Okay, first... Okay. First, yeah. First, yeah. First... <laughs> First, there's a pine cone. <laughs> yep. And then there is a super strange photograph after the pine cone of Hillary Clinton, which says you can't fix the system. The system is already fixed. What the fuck? And she's in like a weird superhero costume. This is super weird. Yeah, which made me say I need to Google QAnon and David Wilcock. And there were a few hits. Wow. Okay, and, 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 I'm glad I just looked at that. And you can edit this part out, but I just need to say this because this came up along with it. It was a okay. Twitter post by a Jason Colavito. David Wilcock, now a pro-Trump space alien guru, appeared in an anti-Semitic, mm -hmm. anti-American Russian documentary in quotes about how jewish financiers were planning anti-white genocides the channel carrying it was under u.s sanctions during the 2014 ukraine crisis you know what i don't know that i'm gonna edit that out just because we like to keep things unedited on journey to the fringe just like we were talking about um, we're just shitty opinions. talkers we, we like talk to... out we take out the shitty we are talking. we are <laughs> we are and 
I mean, our opinions are in here. We're not going to edit our opinions out and we're not going to edit any other opinions out. And just like Taylor was saying earlier in the episode about the cabal, which I had no idea had Jewish roots of it. I think that's an important thing to leave in this episode. Although David Wilcock disappeared from ancient alien episodes after he became an outspoken Trump supporter, he nevertheless remained one of the show's producers until 2019. Yeah, and the crazy thing about it is you can't find any ties to him on it and you actually google his credentials on it i know i tried to look to see because people were saying it was tied to a luciferianism episode on ancient aliens and i couldn't find him actually being on that episode no, and, so I and also that put it on they here. very clearly said ancient civilizations which sounds like the gaia tv knockoff of ancient aliens yeah so it's very weird and i'm gonna leave all of this in when i'm editing it because it is very weird. They did say David Wilcock was involved directly in a Luciferian episode of Ancient Aliens, but I could not directly find that he was involved in it. And he just seems to be pulling himself out of things on the internet. And to be honest, I can't confirm whether he was on that episode or not. I haven't watched it. IMDB does not say that he's on it or anything like that. So take with that what you will from what we were just talking about. I'm continuing continuing on the letter that he wrote to Gaia and this whole thing between Gaia and David Wilcock. Gaia claims that Good helped produce and distribute Wilcock's letter in an attempt to smear Gaia executives as Satan worshippers. In short, Wilcock accused Gaia and or its employees of being Luciferians engaged in or promoting pedophilia, human sacrifice, cannibalism, and genocidal aspirations. The Attorney's rate in the counter suit. Okay. Do you know what? Yes. In, in the year 2022, that just seems common sense to smear your enemy with those. Because, oh, like, yeah. especially the pedophilia especially thing, you're in a, that one comes up so much. With That's what you say about your enemy, basically, at this point. Yes, but especially when you're in this kind of conspiracy yeah. type of yeah. community. Of course, that's what you're going to smear them with. Especially, you know, threatening with the guns. <laughs> if you threaten me with a gun to record 26 episodes of a show I don't yeah, want to make, but you, sir, are a pedophile cannibal. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But especially David Wilcock doesn't even bring that up. So something to think about. 2019, Awakening in the Dream, Contact with the Divine is released. Another book, of course. All this is going on. He had time to write another book. A book. Another book. I think I said book weird there like a chicken. March 6, 2019, Linda Moulton Howe calls David Wilcock out on unethical plagiarism of her work on Antarctica. I'm not even going to describe this to you because who better else to describe this than a little clip of Linda Moulton Howe herself. UFO sweetheart, we love to talk about her. I love her. We're gonna put the clip here. And so I was shocked and enraged last Thursday, February 28th, to learn from Lori Moriarty that David Wilcock, behind my back, without ever asking me permission to use any of my difficult copyrighted work, and while he knew I was in Los Angeles at the Conscious Life Expo, he ripped off my part one and two and even took my copyrighted illustrations by Spartan One and put it all on a two-hour YouTube broadcast 
that he did on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019, beginning with his opening wind-up pitch about having explosive, mind-blowing information about two new whistleblowers in the context of his so-called cosmic disclosure that I have never had anything to do with, and I am suspect of the people that he has highlighted the past two or three years. In the first half hour, he only asked for money, and then in the second half, he didn't talk about Antarctica, but kept teasing his explosive new whistleblowers, and it was not until the beginning of the third half hour that he finally referenced my name without any link or reference to my Earth Files YouTube channel, in which I have a copyright watermark on every frame of my videos that says, quote, copyright 2019 by Linda Moulton Howe, earthfiles.com, close quote. And then he proceeded to sort of act out the content that I had exclusively reported in parts one and two only three days before, and without any permission, he ripped off my copyrighted illustrations from Spartan One. So tonight, on this March 6, 2019 Earth Files YouTube channel, I want to announce that I filed a willful copyright infringement complaint with YouTube, and on Monday, March 4th, YouTube agreed with my copyright infringement filing against David Wilcock. His brazen, monetized broadcast without even a link or mention of my originating Earth Files YouTube channel or not even one word or permission request to me personally about using my exclusive copyrighted content and illustrations. That was taken down by YouTube, who agreed it was willful copyright infringement. Hopefully, from now on, everyone will continue to go forward positively without parasites. Please, everyone know that my work has absolutely nothing to do with and never has had with David Wilcock, Emery Smith, Corey Good, or their associates. This Earth Files YouTube channel on Wednesday night is the only legitimate source of my Antarctica and space whistleblower videos, which I hope to keep unfolding at least one a month until June. Well said, Linda. We all feel the same, if not more, and we completely back them up when somebody is taking somebody else's work as their own. And this is going to be the end of this episode right here. Any thoughts? Of all the things that this would have turned to, I was not expecting Pizzagate. I know. And it just comes and goes so fast. It takes it takes a pretty dark turn really fast fast and it's going to evolve in the next episode unfortunately even more than you ever thought it was going to we've already uncovered in this episode a lot more than i i kind of like stopped following david wilcock after i thought he had such a big ego i was like yeah i can get behind what this guy's getting behind and then he had such a big ego i was like meh not really and i stopped paying attention to him and this stuff is just like i don't even yeah, know what's going and on like, it's not stuff like 
expected. At least in my episodes where he definitely has an ego, but it's like quirky ego. Yeah. It's not. Which is yeah. it's the reason I did stop listening to him. He had such a big ego. But then once I stopped listening to him, I didn't realize because I stopped listening to him that he could continue on with that ego and where he would take it. And where he's taking it is kind of crazy. And I'm just going to continue on in the next episode. It just, you know gets bigger as you would think someone with a huge ego would. So with that, I'm setting you up to be prepared for the next episode. And I can't even believe we're going on to another episode with David Wilcock. Yeah. And and here we are. And that our longest running series. Yeah. Series. And that love it or hate it. Yeah. The the head of that path that we first set down on, it looked like just a nice gentle walk up a slight hill. And a hilarious hill. Yeah. It has turned into the path that just does not end. And you are now in the middle of a city getting yelled at about Pizza Gate <laughs> and with the gun to yeah, your head. Yeah, with the gun to your head telling you you need to come up with some weird-ass aliens. <laughs> and I just don't know where this can possibly go. But I'm sure I will find out next week when we maybe conclude this guy. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Journey to the Fringe. If you have liked what you have listened to, please like, share, subscribe, or follow, depending on what venue you are listening to us through. Also, please, if possible, leave a five-star review, as that really helps us in the algorithms. Should you wish to interact with us, please check us out on your social media of choice. I bet you we are there. And if you really want to communicate with us and give us ideas for new episodes, or tell us that we're wrong and terrible, either way, please send us an email at journeytothefringe at gmail.com. For now, I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>